It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. collection of music called Spell Songs 2, Let the Light In. Music inspired by the book The Lost Words, written by Robert McFarlane and illustrated by Jackie Morris. You're listening to the podcast, the Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. And my name is Fergus Collins and I'm your host. And we started with this lost spell, as I'm delighted to say, our very special guest this week is nature writer Robert McFarlane. And I'm extremely jealous of our own Annabelle Ross, who got to meet him at Anglesey Abbey in Cambridgeshire, a perfect setting for the launch of this album. And she asked him how the Lost Words book and Lost Spells music came about, and why they have such enduring power in connecting people with nature, not just in Britain, but across the world. Annabelle was also lucky enough to meet up with one of the Lost Spell composers and musicians, Jim Molyneux, to get some fascinating insight into the creative process. There'll be more music from the album later in the podcast. But for now, let's hear from Rob and Annabelle. Not shows through silver grain, silver grain through bark, but each fresh spring brings oak green leaves again. Holly is the witching tree, beech is the writing tree, elder is the quickening tree, and oak is the waiting tree. 300 years to grow, 300 more to thrive, 300 years to die, 900 years alive. That was a surprise for you, wasn't it, Robert? It was a wonderful surprise. I 
think into this big, this great oak. I think that's a really good place to start. So, um, <laughs> so we're starting under the oak yeah. at um, Anglesey Abbey. I'm just trying to orientate oh. our listeners. So, uh, Anglesey Abbey near Cambridge, which is where you are from. Yes, I'm. I'm. I live in South Cambridge, and so this is this is my back garden. And so, slightly strange suddenly to hear Jackie Morris's voice speaking and the. The, the oak itself creaking in the background and yeah this is a place I know really well but it's it's suddenly coming alive in <laughs> rather different ways but actually we're going to come back to Lost Words that was from Lost yeah. Words yes that was from that's and now, you're really distracted now you're looking I am well we're also we're passing under these incredible cedars of Lebanon and um, and there's all sorts of sounds coming from places there's thunder and weather and birds and yeah it's a wonderful late day surprises this is an exhibition that's going on it's opening tonight the winter lights for um not not it's not oh gosh look at that tree what happened to that well that's what's that's the spiky remnants of a giant redwood um it's incredible isn't it It looks like a modern sculpture these three it's like a trident these three um shattered uh, spikes left and the woodpecker holes already uh, still is, is still living on in a sense as, as habitat but yeah there was a mighty tree there once yeah well that's the wonderful thing about trees is even once they've died they're they're still giving life i think that's the that's that's the audio of the storm that felled it as it were oh i see oh i see yeah we're not actually in a storm <laughs> uh, you, you just mentioned woodpecker is woodpecker one of the birds in lost words Yes, uh, woodpecker is. Yeah, there's a, there's a woodpecker spell in there. In fact, it's 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 one of the few anthropomorphic spells. There's a there's a badger, a grumpy badger that's trying to sleep, and a woodpecker, uh, a sort of headbanger that's that's keeping the, the the badger awake. So the the spell is a is is a dialogue, a duet between the grumpy badger desperate for sleep and the and the headbanging woodpecker desperate to <laughs> to find its food. Are you? Would it be fair for me to ask you to recite some of it? That, or is that, <laughs> no, I is that have I caught you off, I, I off guard? I actually can't do it. I can't do the woodpecker spell, but um, uh, I can give you a bit of the start of Jackdaw because I think we saw a couple of Jackdaws around. So, and this is this is the spell that's really been performed by more and more children in school as part of this Jackdaw challenge. It starts. Jackdaw circling the back door, letting off the. Damn it! I've got it wrong again. They're so much better than I am. Oh dear! I can't even do my own rap. What's what, what's, what's a poet come to? Okay, it starts something like this: Jackdaw circling the back door, showing off your knack for letting rip that high core, cutting like a hacksaw through the evening's calm core. Cold black crackerjack, joker of the haystack, ready with the comeback, always with the wisecrack, giving it the. And now I'm going to hand over to the Corvids themselves. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That was really good timing. Um, but you haven't. Well, that's not always what you've been writing about, um, Robert. You haven't. I mean, this is a form of poetry. I know you don't like to call it poetry, but you're very inspired by poets, I believe, <laughs> yes. aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yes. You'd rather call them spells than poems. Yes. Well, partly because the, the the original form was spelled out in the acrostic sense of it, that, that each verse of these spells would would take the the, the letter. So, um, Ren. The first verse starts with the letter W, the next verse with the letter R, the next E, and the next N. And so, in that sense, they are they spell out the name of okay. the of the species or the tree, okay. um, or the plant. But also spells in the sen- in the magical sense of conjuring back. 
but I call them spells also because I know a proper poet when I read one and I ain't one. So that's my line and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. And oh, look, there's a badger. There's a badger. Uh, right. Okay, we should say for the listeners that it's a wicker badger. It's, uh, it's not just... yeah. A badger a, that will be lit up later. There it goes. So Is that the noise of a badger? Goodness. Having a fight. I think that might be two fighting badgers. Um, yeah, this is it's like the the, the it's, it's all it's, recording. It's all it's all virtual, it's but, we, but our surprise is true, right? This is happening for the first really, time to both it, of us. Yeah, okay. no, yeah. Um, so I just wanted to go a little bit back into yes. uh, your previous books in the fact that, but they all am I right in in saying that they all have a theme around connecting hu- what's the connection between humans and nature yes. and through words. So Yes, I guess so. I mean, I, I wrote my first book 20 years ago and it was called Mountains of the Mind yeah. and it was about why people are willing to die for love of, of mountains. Um, and, uh, and, and I went on and wrote a series of books, long books, uh, not, 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 po- not books of spells or poems, about um, the, to me, inexhaustibly fascinating question of the, the relations of people, place, landscape and nature. So the most recent one was... Underland, which yeah. is the sort of gravitational opposite of mountains of the mind. Why we why we've been drawn into darkness for tens of thousands of years. Yeah, I I, I want to talk about underland, but I think this might be. Is this your voice we're we're approaching? It is. Is this, should we go? It is. We go? And I should say there is a. Oh, well, there's a barn owl as well. A bright oh. green barn owl, rarely seen in. <laughs> it's changing colour. Oh rarely seen in that colour you were going yeah. to say yeah it's a, so again for the listeners so this is really just like this is a sort <laughs> of is, private tour of of the exhibition of the of the, the winter lights trail at, at, actually, at the abbey actually i think ah. um so yeah we're looking at the owl but actually we are in the company of eddie who's put this all together so um eddie what's your connection to lost words um, I actually work with Folk by the Oak uh, on, on their festival, so that's how I became aware of Lost Words. But I, I'm working with a team at Anglesey Abbey and a company called Pierce Hire to kind of creatively produce this event for the National Trust. Uh, and it's been a pleasure. And we've had a lot of fun, as you can see, with bringing sculptures and a, a natural soundscape to the gardens. But you don't stop smiling. You're, you're, I mean, I, I'm not well, surprised. It's so beautiful. And we're very lucky to have a sort of private tour from you. But um, we're, we're just sort of behind you recording. And now, we're, sorry, we're listening. This is going to be weird because we've got Robert on the speaker and Robert standing next to me. Yeah, you're going to hear two Roberts. Does it feel Roberts, strange hearing yourself? Me and my doppelganger. Yes, it does. But it's lovely as well. I've, I, I, one doesn't often hear oneself um, back in the open. What are you, which bit are you reading? I'm, I'm reading the the, the barn owl spell, um, and in front of us we have this beautiful chicken wire barn owl perched, as, as it were, in flight. You asked me earlier while I'm smiling. The reason I'm smiling is I work with Robert and he kindly agreed to read the spells, and this is the first time he has heard the results in situ, so seeing his reaction is, is wonderful. Can we just listen to a little bit, sorry, a little bit more of you with the barn owl? Over rushes, across marshes, owl. Hushes. Will you listen with owl ears for a while? Let the wild world's whispers call you in. 
we've got other birds. And I was going to say we've got fantastic I what is that? What's alarm that? calls coming off in the background. Do you know what that is? Uh, well, we've got a, actually we've got a lovely little missile thrush um, just on the yew berries, just in there, with that beautiful mottled chest. So a lot of, I mean, there's still so oh. much food around. The, the, oh, there. I was just gone. It's quite big, a missile thrush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sizable birds. And they, they form these Four lovely convivial gangs with them, um, field fairs and red wings at this time of year. You see them kind of bobbing across the fields and moving hedge to hedge. So that's always a real November, December site round South Cambridge. I wonder what they think of the barn owl. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we've just, seen a black, we've just seen a blackbird come towards the barn owl and then take some serious evasive action. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Credit to the artist. And all the all the little voles are going to be hiding. Yeah, crouching down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sorry, Robert. What I'm trying to do is lead into lost words, and I want to see what brought you to that place because yeah. you you want people to be more involved in nature, more outside, more involved, more understanding of it, more connected to it. But can you try and explain that to me a bit better? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I suppose. Oh, so I keep getting distracted because we have um, we have another we have another Barney. Oh yes, beautiful, a flying that, one in a oh, tree. Gorgeous. Now when you move under it, because it's chicken wire, suddenly it becomes this porous silhouette, and the and the light and the tr- and the, tr- the winter tree structure above it shows through it. Um, which is, I mean, Barnards are such flimsy beings anyway, 10 ounces, I think, they, they weigh, which is why they get swept hither and thither by the, by the big um, lorries on, on dual carriageways and motorways, often um, fatally so. But you, you realise how, how light they are. So um, that, that, that sculpture is doing a wonderful Barnard impression up there. Um, we keep, we keep getting distracted. This is going to be another hour. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Fergus. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, yes, I spent, um, I guess I spent the best part of 15 years writing long books, Fathoming the Unfathomable, which is why, why we love certain landscapes, why we, why we feel so passionately about, about certain creatures, why our memories are, how our memories are made and held by, by forests, what we lose when we lose place certain kinds of place certain kinds of creatures certain kinds of encounter uh, and and how deeply our culture is arises from the living world um, and is made collaboratively and cooperatively with it Uh, and again that's just another of the things that goes extinct when we when we when we lose the life around us is is the possibility of creativity so when in 2015 Jackie Morris wrote to me having read a book called Landmarks, which was really about how impoverished our, lan- our language for nature and the living world has become and how we, and what a rich and diverse wildflower meadow of words we had and have had in these islands over the years for aspects of, of weather and life and light and creatures and nature broadly understood. And she said, well, should we, should we try and do something about this? And, and the prompt was that in a now famous story, um, a well-known and widely used children's dictionary had removed some very 
everyday nature words, acorn, bramble, bluebell. Conquer. Is this from the paper version, presumably? They still, you can the... still get them online or not? Yeah, so, I mean, there are, many, there are many dictionaries out there. This was the paper version, which, you know, it was just for sort of four to seven-year-olds, as it were, and it only had 2,000 words in it, so they had to make decisions about what to include and what to take out. But the, it was noticed in 2007 that... By who? A, uh, by by a, a, a reader from Belfast. Oh, I see, you came across this. It wasn't you or Jackie who... No, it was, a, it was a, a, a story that just sort of emerged. And I think what, what struck so many people is that the words that came out of the dictionary were acorn, bramble, bluebell, etc., all the way through kingfisher and otter to, to wren. And what went in were... Um, bulletin board, chat room, MP3 player, uh, block graph, yeah. Well, Pokemon. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. yeah. But well, there's, there was some research done by colleagues here at Cambridge about how um, uh, younger children were, were better able to recognise um, common Pokemon species, quote unquote, than they were able to to recognise very common everyday. Um, actual species and the, these kinds of studies I think uh, they have they just have a, a, a sort of symbol crash power they they stop you in your tracks and you think well what's happening if the word acorn is coming out of a dictionary and the word and and Hello. Uh, and, and and block graph is going in or mp3 players going in and um, kingfishers coming out uh, or if we can tell Pokemon if we can tell um, Pikachu but we don't know what um, heron is and this uh, this stops people and I think it should do too it's not to say that technology is a bad thing it's a miraculous thing and it enables all manner of connections but um, everyday nature is we need it we, we depend upon it we thrive with it and um, it diminishes us when it is diminished and it is diminishing we, we, we are speaking two days after the red list was revised by the RSPB and the BTO which uh, the last one was in 2015 and the first one in 1996. This is the, the list that um, uh, orders and categorises birds of conservation concern. And the red list is now 70 birds long. That's around a quarter of all um, breeding um, bird species in the UK. When it started in 1996, 95, I can't remember which it was, it was, it was 36 species. So it's it's doubled uh, in that time. Yeah, I think it's important to say that this is not just nostalgia for these words, for heron and kingfisher and, 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 and so on. It's more about if we... I think you've said this, if we don't know them, how can we protect them? Yeah. And then if we don't have them in our countryside, what's our countryside going to look like? Well, exactly. It's not elite knowledge. It's not that these are... Um, Esoteric. It's <laughs> another we're, distraction. We're, we're passing an otter on a raft. <laughs> I know <laughs> he looks like something out of Wind in the Willows, doesn't yes, he? He's yes, sort of going off very... to fetch Ratty. Exactly, to fetch Ratty. Um, uh, but yes, um, not a sentence I ever thought I'd say. We're just passing an otter on a raft at <laughs> <laughs> Angus CRV. But... Yet again, sorry, another w- woven. Yes, woven, exactly. There's no, w- wicker. No, no, no plastic in sight here. But yeah. I wouldn't love to see a real otter. I've never seen one. Um, sorry, it's not. We were saying it's not just nostalgia. It's what would what the countryside would look like if all these 
animals disappeared from it, animals and plants, sorry, because you've got yes. bramble, you've got gorse, haven't you? You've got... Um, so some of them are not... So some of them are not endangered, clearly bramble, bramble and gorse doing perfectly well, but uh, it's not nostalgic. It, it's the opposite. If nostalgia is a looking back, I mean, this is, this is about the future. It's absolutely about the future. It's not esoteric knowledge. These are not scientific names which all children should, should be memorising. They, the, they are everyday common names of the everyday common species we share our lives with, some of which are in desperate trouble, and some of which are very common as well. Starling um, you know, has had a, a, a skylark. The population crashes are huge since the 1970s. These are complex, multifactorial problems, but if we're going to grow our way to a rich, um, inhabited landscape, we, we, we need to start with education and with with the youngest and the yes, wonderful it has to start is, with the little ones yeah, yeah. And, and they grow and I've, I've seen it happen I mean it's thrilling um. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quite an unusual noise would it yes. be a beaver is a beaver well, involved I, f- I feel we should refer this Eddie? one to Eddie Eddie that was that a what was that <laughs> Oh, they're bats, but uh, I couldn't tell you the species. I've got the species written down, but <laughs> so that's picked up on a uh, on the detector yeah. and then amplified. Yes, wow, it sounds like something from Jurassic Park. Uh, uh, we both took a bit of a jump then, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, were you thinking of the beaver whacking its I, tail? I, I, I've yeah. never seen a beaver either, but I imagine that could it could possibly have been a, yeah, a beaver yeah. whacking its tail on the water. If the children don't understand these, the names of these animals, they then can't relate to those animals, they won't be interested in them, and then who's going to protect them? And if they're not protected, what's going to happen? Yeah, I think that's, that's right. I mean, the, the, the formulation that I, uh, I sometimes use is um, uh, we will not save what we do not love and we rarely love what we cannot name. And, mm. again, it's just that... I mean, there are neighbours, there are... They're our fellow citizens, these, these creatures, these plants. We, 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 we live with and among them, and yet we too rarely register this. And What's gone wrong? What happened in your well, view? For three things. First of all, it, it's, it's not the children's fault. Not that you were implying it was, but also <laughs> no. so many grown-ups, uh, as it were, don't, don't, don't have this language, don't have this knowledge. And it, in a way, it's, it's, it's not their fault too. We need to kind of help it instead of blaming and faulting people we just need to help help it return and that's what culture can that's what culture can do it's what poetry can do it's what art can do it's what song can do i think very very powerfully is move move through people's hearts minds memories eyes in in ways that are uh, unpredictable and wild and thrilling so that's uh, that's the first thing i'm not sure there was a a golden age but what what there was was more nature we know that we know that the that that the dawn chorus is quieter than it was. We know that uh, millions and millions of birds have been lost from the trees and the skies in in, uh, decade on decade. So shifting baseline syndrome, which is the well-known phrase um, where one normalises to a depleted reality. So um, 10 million birds are lost. Well, uh, you, you, you quickly remember only the baseline, the shifted baseline. So there are fewer birds. Oh, we're used to fewer birds. We don't, we don't uh, see the gap. Uh. We don't see the loss. It's a hugely powerful perceptive distorter, and I think it, it, it affects all of us. And so when one reads the accounts of a century ago and the, the plenitude, the sheer plenitude of 
creaturely life in in these islands then it strikes you because across a century you see the gap that has opened up Am I right in saying that there would have been more people living in the countryside as well than in well then whenever then was, and because now everybody seems to be moving into the cities, maybe we're becoming more removed because of that. Do you think? A, a little, although uh, another of my things I love to argue against is the idea that cities are, not, are unnatural places, um, and and, the, and and I think a lot of um, problems have arisen from the the opposition of city and country, the idea the country is where you go, you must go to to see nature, as it were. There are parts of our countryside and not far from here in East Anglia which are factory floors, much more so than any, you know, edge of city warehouse. They're sterilised, chemically treated, vast production sites and nature doesn't live there. Uh, if you go into the centre of Cambridge, uh, one of the most thrilling things, I wish we were there now, I'd take you there, um, a, a, a peregrine pair nests right in the city centre, uh, uh, about 30 feet off the ground, where on my commute route, I get off my bike every every day when, I'm, when I know they're there and just stop and look up, and there is the fastest creature probably ever to have lived on the planet in all time right there watching me and I just so our cities are incredible habitats and in fact seeing some of the great comebacks of species in this country actually uh, Fergus put a message out on social media yesterday I think it was yesterday uh, or today I can't remember saying that he's really furious of course he is that the green finch has just been added to the I know yeah uh, trichomonosis, I think, is the if I've got that right. So this is a feeder disease that's absolutely ravaged um, greenfinch population. So, if, I mean, one thing everyone can do who has a who has a back garden feeder is just is to make sure that you clean and sterilise your your feeders and your feeding tables. It's okay to feed. Yes, it's okay to feed, um, but but these uh, but but this disease is very easily passed from um, finch to finch and just seems to uh, has just hammered um, green finch populations on they're now on the red list they're now on the red list so they've jumped they're one of the the species that's actually jumped um, from the green list all the way to the red list elite frog the amber list ptarmigan's done the same Um, and there is a little bit of good news so for example the goldfinch is a as you as you'll know is a is a beautiful convivial finch that's um done wonderfully well from garden feeding and the population's absolutely boomed and in my little suburban back garden we we have a charm of 20 or 30 goldfinches now which moved in at the start of the first lockdown and we also have a tawny owl in a you know, sort of scrappy suburban Living beach there. trees yeah and so i i just i i just makes me unbelievably happy that we tawny owl is on the amber list um so you know moderate conservation concern but there's one in there's one in south cambridge in the in our back garden <laughs> so hoots up a lucky storm you. yeah brilliant lucky you um so I, I wanted to tell you the story of what happened to me this morning on the train um, when I was coming here. Uh, this lady came in, had, having, having run for the train and probably shouldn't have run for the train. When she sat down, she told me she has a sort of heart problem, but she was um, perhaps elderly. Is I don't know if that's a very nice word, but anyway, she and I started talking and she said, where are you going, where are you going? She was actually going to go and see um, um, Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> The stage show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, and I told her that I was coming to Anglesey Abbey to interview you about lost words, and she was so surprised because her daughter 
is a folk singer, and she named her band, now I'm going to have to get the word right, from a word from from Lamarck? From Lamarck's, Lamarck's. yeah. Um, It's... Sutherling, Sutherling, S- uh, Sutherling, Sutherling, Sutherling. I knew I'd get it wrong. Yeah, I'm not quite or Sutherling. Sure how it, how it and um, but it has the most amazing meaning. Could, what's the well, yeah. So I think it's a word. As I remember, it's a word from John, the the the, the poet John Clare, and I think it means um, the sound of of the wind in the in the trees, but also the sound of wind as it moves under a bird's wing, as it were. And it's just the <laughs> I just can't <laughs> get over that idea of somebody thinking that it was important to name that the wind under a bird's wings it's yeah it's it's a beautiful word there's another i think so many wonderful words but um there's a word fisma is a very east anglian word actually because we're 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 sort of fennish country here and the the reed of the fens is is the phragmites reed i think is that a it was a fox yeah fox bark yeah um and fisma is, is this kind of very onomatopoeic term for the, 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 the sound the wind makes as it moves through this very kind of rattly, sharp reed, the, the Phragmites. One of so, your favourites. Yeah. But didn't these words... That, isn't that how Jackie Morrison you met when she was re- reading Landmarks? Yeah. Is, that, is that right? That's right, yes. So I, Landmarks is a glossary, is a, among other things, is a collection of around three to 4,000 words from 30... Uh, dialects and sub-dialects and You're distracted and, by the fox, yeah, aren't you? <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> that's fox language. I, didn't, I couldn't, couldn't put that in the, woo, in the glossary. Again, to the listeners, it's not a real fox. Well, <laughs> we can't actually see. it was. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's coming out of, from behind a yew hedge. But um, yes, yeah, so that was an attempt to, to, to replenish and rewild our available language for landscape by going back into the word hoard that we had. And, um, and Jackie read that book. And in the first pages, I talk about the loss of this everyday common language of, of nature names. And Jackie read that and she wrote to me and said, Let's, um, why don't we make a book? We could take these 20, 20 of these words, acorn and wren, and, uh, uh, and, and celebrate them and conjure them back, cast spells for them. Then I said, <laughs> notoriously to Jackie, no, I'm too busy. <laughs> And then it, the idea just wouldn't leave my mind. And I think a month or so later, I wrote back to Jackie and I said, "This is. I just. There's something here. We've got to do something with this, and and uh, and make a spell for each of them." And Jackie would would paint first their absence, then their presence, and finally their full summoning back into the landscape. And that was the acorn that became the wildwood of the lost words, which in turn has. Um, found these wonderful birds musician birds in its branches singing and making music from it that uh, must make you so happy oh, so happy but it is so much bigger and, and uh, uh, than us now and it's not, in a way it's nothing to do with us and I think what it speaks profoundly to is this moment of kind of loss and love and grief and hope that we, we live through with regard to nature um, so yes when asylum seekers um, um, refugees who've lost their own words their own languages are working with this um in in edinburgh and in glasgow or when dementia sufferers who've lost words again uh, are sitting with their their grandchildren or their children and, and 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 finding their way back to language from their childhood and particularly jackie's art which obviously is 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 non-verbal they can respond to um so vividly uh yeah it's uh, it's deeply 
moving to us, uh, and particularly when we see the children who send us work every day through their teachers and their schools, just thousands and thousands of them. It's, um, well, it makes putting words together worthwhile. So the words are coming back? They are coming back, yes. I don't think they're back in the uh, edition of the dictionary yet, but that doesn't matter because they're out there in the wild where they need to be in, in hearts and minds and stories. Yeah. Before we get into talking about the music um, that's been created from the books, I think it would be lovely to have Jim Molyneux, who's very kindly come to meet us here today, uh, one of the musicians from... Hi, Jim. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, we got to a point where we so we're now to want to talk about the music side of Lost Words and Lost yeah. Spells. and Yeah, well, I'm, I'm one of the musicians. I'm sort of a bit of a, a, a dog's body within the band. I sort of cover a few different bases. and um, So I play drums and piano and a bit of accordion and I sing as well in the group. He's, an, he's one of the seven magicians. I mean, that's <laughs> as simple as that. I mean, this uh, watching... How did that little acorn get planted, the idea of, of an album of songs? Who's... Um, I believe it was... Well, it was curated by um, Adam and Caroline from Folk by the Oak, um, as well as Neil Pearson. Um, I got an email out of the blue, and it just said, do you fancy being in this project with all these amazing people? And I said... Yeah, go on then. <laughs> was it was it a bit removed from your normal style? Uh, no, not really. I've right. I've played folk music for years. Um, oh look, look! I just wanted to stop because, of course, this is a, this is this is a star yeah. of the book, the Conquer. Yeah, of course. Uh, they're everywhere. I definitely oh. played Conquers. Jim, did you play Conquers? Conquers. Um, Gosh, you do. Um, you look. I thought you nail did. varnish on one of the Conquers <gasps> ones. That's cheeky, low, cheeky. <gasps> isn't it? That, that is low. <laughs> that wasn't my idea. That, them in the oven. that was my dad's idea. <laughs> you know what's good? If you put nail varnish on it, you'll win every time. <laughs> we had a big concession, concert tournament uh, a month ago in, in the garage at my parents' house, and it was just. Anyway, quite bruised. brutal. Yeah, I put uh, got any blood? Bands on. No, no, it's just all, all, all bruising. So, uh, <laughs> I think family. I think family is a tricky one to play with. Family, it should be banned because that would be. Yeah, it could become very brutal. Um, sorry, Jim. We we had to stop there because yeah, we were we, walking across yeah, the conkers. Yeah, very late, but they and they've also got tiny tiny eyes. They're like tiny eyed conkers. They yeah. almost like a prune. It does, it does look a little bit prune. They're stunning. But you're right. There is a lovely conker. There's a conker spell in the lost words, and then. Uh, and there's a wonderful conker. Oh, green woodpecker. Excellent. Oh, the real one? Yeah, the real one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so no, we walked over a spell then. We had to stop for it. Yeah. yeah, we walked over a spell. What a lovely thought. Robert, do you remember how it all started with the, with the sort of idea of the bringing the songs to music? Putting yeah. the song. Do you remember? Well, I, wrote, I mean, I wrote them to be spoken. That was definitely always the idea, because spells have to be spoken aloud for the magic to work. That's just a you know, very old idea, really. And, um, uh, and, then, and it was only a step from that for them to be sung. And I asked Kerry Andrew, the brilliant composer and singer and musician um to if she would speak the wren spell and she spoke the wren spell and then sort of thought it she wanted to set it to music so she did that and she made this absolutely haunting version of the wren spell and mm. we played that just because it was so magic at a event at hay festival and caroline adam slough were there in the audience and they listened to it and they turned to each other afterwards and said we there's, a, there's an album in that book so we just need to kind of find a way to to let it out and um, and so they then gathered this incredible group of musicians originally including Kerry who then 
very sadly became too ill to take part further but has remained an absolutely guiding spirit for us mm-hmm. and um uh, and I always thought it was a bit like uh, Avengers Assemble is what I always call it. It's like, we'll get Julie Fowlish from the Western Isles, we'll get Chris Trever from the Northern Isles, we'll get, we'll we'll get, get Jim. Jim from Rochdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim. Jim from Rochdale and uh, Rachel, Rachel Newton, Beth, Beth Porter, Seku Kaita from, from Senegal. And, uh, so we sort of had a, we had a day of um, meeting each other and, it, well, ultimately playing together in the evening uh, in the Lake District, almost almost sussing each other out, really, and seeing seeing what everyone's vibe was. And not too long after that, we had a week of writing, um, also in the Lake District. And um, yeah, it just the music just kind of flowed out. It was really easy um, process. And what are your two? Uh, well, the, on the new album, it's uh, Swallow, the song for the Swallow. Soft this evening's I lay listening to my child breathing Slow and shallow in the darkness of her sleep In oceans that open between each breath I find myself sinking The whole world halts in the cold of the moment The water's so deep Swallow, swallow Each time that you leave comes the cold and the sorrow Oh, for sorrow To me and some shall follow Grieving beckons, colours flee The sun is undawning Dear life suspended in a moment's failing Sorrow, swallow, fly back to 
trees all bloom and the birds reclaim their song. The month turns to May and bright shines the day. The stars are still burning, and softly she breathes in the air. person who likes to be outside in nature before all of this i grew up on a sheep farm um so i sort of grew up in nature and then um i suppose whilst pursuing a career in music i've kind of deserted it for the city we were just saying earlier that the, the cities are filled with nature as well oh, although yeah. you tell that funny story about how about <laughs> when you saw what you thought was a skylark and it turned out to be a Greg's floating in the wind and I've been very lucky to be given a sneaky peek of the new album um, is it really moves me I mean it really does make me feel terribly oh. emotional I'm not I can't really necessarily say why but does it m- make you feel very emotional when you hear them well, it does yeah I mean they're, they're protest songs as well as just yeah. as well as being spells you know you know like for instance in Bird of the Blizzard yeah. the winters yeah. are ending and waters, waters are, are rising and you know it's prevalent and so you can't help but you know think think very hard and what, about what's going on around us that you can't help yourself yeah, yeah. I think they really they really take flight from from the present and look to the future as I mean again we're going back to that sense that this is not a nostalgic project it's not a kind of oh if, if only we could all live 1950s childhoods run around barefoot uh, it's not that at all it's that we, you know, we we live in a rolling state of crisis and um, whether that's the felling of unnecessary felling of thousands of street trees in Sheffield the killing of an urban forest which gave rise to Hartwood or whether it's you know the bird of the blizzard and this idea of snow buntings as these incredibly hardy birds of ice and snow but that are their habitat is sort of shrinking the Cairngorm Plateau which is where I know them from the, the isotherms are moving higher and higher on that habitat yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's an island and there's not going to be much of it. we're walking through and under and over trees at the same time and it is yeah it is, it is very it is very wonderful and dusk's fallen as we've been talking we should probably say so um, yes that helps set out in there the lost words book the Lost Spells book, the Lost Spells 1 album, the Lost Spells 2 album are now going to be all be out there 
giving people the chance to reconnect with nature. And is that what you're hoping with your tour as well, Jim? Because you're going on tour in January, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. It's been rescheduled. Um, So initially we were going to go on tour in April 2020. So it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Um, But yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be lovely. Um, We'll be going up to Scotland and... We've not actually gigged it in Scotland, and there's so much... Well, all the, I mean, half the band is Scottish. So, yeah, can't wait. And, um, and the books, Robert, they are... Are they just continuing to land in schools and, and, and care homes and hospitals and all this? Just, it, just, it, it just keeps going? Yeah, it just keeps going in, the, in lots of other languages now. Um, Danish and Chinese and German and French and Swedish and um, slowly, ca- you know, Catalan or being part of um, green, green movements in those countries and those languages. Uh, so, yeah, it's just sort of ripples and branches on, really. So um, these words will be kept. As you say, we didn't need the junior dictionary. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope so, and I think, you know... Through song and, and and through and through children, really. I mean, uh, and and conversations like these, and um, uh, yeah, they're 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 they're, they're, they're returning or, or being kept. We're going to walk up, hopefully, around the corner um, to your group of singers. Yeah. I don't know what to call you, band, group. I suppose the spell singers. Cooperative. We oh. kind of, yeah, go by that. The spell songs, the spell singers. And we're going to listen to... Uh, the Lost Words Blessing, which is um, the final track of the first album. That's a Robin. Almost like a hymn, really, at the end of the album. It's a beautiful song. Um, it's sort of become our anthem, really, hasn't it? I think. I love the way that... Um, so it's all the, all the female members of the group singing. And... Um, they all sing it in unison to begin with, which it sort of has a really beautiful, simplistic sound to it. Um, and then in this third verse here, it opens out into harmony, four-part harmony. It's just really beautiful the way they sing it. Thank you so much, Jim and Robert. Um, should we go and warm up somewhere? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and that's a fitting ending to a magical afternoon and evening with the rather marvellous Robert McFarlane at Anglesey Abbey in his native Cambridgeshire. Rob was talking to our own Annabelle Ross about Spell Songs 2, Let the Light In, a second album of folk music inspired by the Lost Words book, which he created in collaboration with artist Jackie Morris.
And we're extremely grateful that we could use two of the songs in the podcast. Bird of the Blizzard at the beginning and Swallow, which played when Annabelle was talking with one of the singer-songwriters, Jim Molyneux. Spell Songs 2 is out now and available from www.thelostwords.org. And Jim and the Spell Songs band will be touring the UK from the 27th of January next year till the 1st of Feb, starting at Celtic Connections in Glasgow and then on to Perth Concert Hall, Sage Gateshead, Birmingham Symphony Hall and two dates at Cadogan Hall in London. Jackie Morris will be painting live with the musicians at all the venues and Rob McFarlane will join a pre-show talk at both London concerts. So that's something to look out for. A huge thank you to the musicians and also the organisers of the Winter Lights Festival at Anglesey Abbey, called Nature by Night, Nature by Light, uh, for letting us come in and make the podcast. The festival runs until the 19th of December, though I think it may well be sold out. Check the National Trust website. Uh, the National Trust manages the Abbey. So if you plan on visiting, have a look at nationaltrust.org forward slash AA Winter Lights. And of course, a huge thank you to Rob and Annabelle for braving a cold winter's day to record this podcast. Annabelle, if you're listening, I'm still envious of you getting to interview the great man. I've read all of his books and um, listeners, if you love the countryside, the outdoors, legends, myths, wildlife, they are for you. Perfect reading for stormy nights. I don't have my normal podcast team with me today, but we're gathering next week for a Christmas special recording and hopefully Annabelle will be joining us for some mince pies, a look back at our wild year of podcasts and hopefully a bit of fun. For now, do get in touch with me, Fergus Collins. I'm the host of the podcast. My email is editor at countryfile.com. And please also leave likes and feedback with whichever podcast provider you use. So thanks so much for listening to this special podcast. Until next time, goodbye.